0: Everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kitty copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. I also want to shout out the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As your fantasy draft time comes around, it's closer than you think. It's time to start getting prepped. Go check out what Vinny Iyer has in store for you over there, anywhere you find your favorite shows. Today on the show I want to just do a quick Weekly little news roundup Little end of the week roundup on some of the odds and ends That I missed talking about over the week And then we got a couple of story time series entries for you As well, a couple of rookies One drafted, one not But first let's talk about some of the quick news and notes Not a lot of things to analyze but stuff worth mentioning Uh, the... Weekly vaccine update, I guess, is that the league is getting to a, a better place with vaccinations. I think they're approaching that 70 70 percent mark. There's a couple teams, according to a report by Tom Pellicero. There's, a, a, I think, three teams that are over 85 percent. Um, I don't know which are which, but it sounds like teams are getting there. And uh, crucially, you're kind of getting to a point where you have to if you're doing the two shot one of the two shot vaccines uh you'll have to have gotten at least the first shot now in order to be considered quote-unquote fully vaccinated by the start of training camp of course you know players can still come if they're not vaccinated but they have to adhere to all the covid protocols and stuff so it'll be very interesting to see as clips of training camp and stuff comes out who is or isn't wearing a mask around or who is or isn't needing to do social distancing or who gets held out or whatever um Hard to know who's who other than, you know, asking the players and seeing who says they got vaccinated or who, like, won't talk about it, but maybe they just won't talk about it. It's a weird thing. What I really want to talk about, uh, so on Patrick Peterson's podcast, All Things Covered, which he's been doing since his days in Arizona, he has had a lot of Vikings on to chat about this or that, but I really found his chat With Harrison Smith very interesting they talked a lot about a lot of stuff they talked about you know him uh Notre Dame and and a lot of stuff but once I got into the Vikings stuff and he said some fairly boilerplate stuff about like what it's like to work for Mike Zimmer and all that you know love my coach and all that but mostly they started talking about like underrated players or who's standing out And for an old guy that was standing out or a veteran that was standing out, Harrison Smith mentioned Xavier Woods, who's been mentioned a couple times. Patrick Peterson has called him out in, I think, another episode of the podcast. I think it was Andre Patterson or maybe it was Zimmer himself that called out Xavier Woods as a good communicator. Now, Harrison Smith said it, and you got this, like, emphatic nod from Patrick Peterson as like a communicator and somebody that you know they really click and and is really bought in and understands the game and understands the system and is hard work and all that stuff a lot of it sounds like platitudes but the fact that it keeps coming up from different uh sources different people is at a certain point does have to seem kind of meaningful and that's really cool i want to do a deeper dive on xavier woods sometime you know i i watched like a little bit of tape it's really hard for me to evaluate safeties like on the fly. Um, it's one of my weaker positions, I guess. So I did a cursory thing when he was uh, first signed, um, but I spent more time kind of talking about the the thing that Cowboys fans were always talking about that quote about like not giving hundred percent on every play and stuff. Um, so I want to do something more on, on Xavier Woods one of these days. And especially on the idea of like communication in the secondary, we've talked about this a lot in the past, but if you weren't there, Um, You know, communication is a lot more than, you know, getting in the huddle and making sure everybody has the same play call in mind when it comes to defense. There's a lot of calls. There's a lot of in play on the fly adjustments that uh, a lot of times safeties are responsible for kind of reading and then disseminating out to everybody else. A lot of times that's the nickel corner is responsible for reading it and making the call and actually making the decision, which is why it you know takes so long for nickel corners to come along is because they basically have to learn how to like make adjustments and basically call defensive audibles like on the fly in the middle of a rep. Um, and for a newcomer to the team to be that communicative and, and that good at it uh, with, you know, Harrison Smith and Patrick Peterson, both kind of saying that, like, yeah, they can just kind of communicate certain ideas and things with just like a look, um, something that like Barr and Kendricks would talk about having. And they played together for years. And Xavier Woods just seems to be able to do that. I think that's a really cool thing. I'm really excited to see that secondary get out on the field and see what kind of things they do, what sort of adjustments they can make. Um, we might not see it in the preseason, but I'm excited to see them come together. And then as a young kid. Harrison Smith said, you know, some stand somebody standing out catching his eye that's young, Harrison Hand. Then they talked a lot about Harrison Hand and and the kind of want-to that he has and all of the uh you know hard work he's putting in and all that stuff. And again, a lot of boilerplate platitude stuff and when it comes to these kinds of public things. Whenever a player speaks in public, they kind of speak in code. But there did seem to be some things that I I don't know, I I took that to be interesting and meaningful. And in particular, it's because of the context, because this is not the first time we're talking about Harrison Hand as a standout from OTAs. He had a really good OTAs. You'll have to keep that up in camp, but it seems like Harrison Hand is really locking in his place in the roster, maybe even more. That'd be pretty cool. Um, And then there's you, you might see a quote floating around about how Harrison Smith says something like the NFL is the NFL. Um, and when he was asked if he was going to retire a Viking and he was like, "Ah, I don't want to, but you know, anything can happen, whatever. And he kind of basically said like, I can't do anything to guarantee it, but I would love to stay in Minnesota, which is true. He had some parts of that quote that you could take out of context and make it sound like he wants out of Minnesota, which I know some, uh, publications are going to do. So uh, look alive. Harrison Smith didn't say anything of the sort. He said he wants to retire a Viking. He only have so much control over that as a player and whatever happens happens there. But based on other reports and stuff, it seems like an extension's just around the corner for him so we'll have to see how all of that comes together. Now, before we get into the Storytime Series entries for the day, I want to talk to you about Grambling. The NHL playoffs are over. NBA playoffs are still going strong. If you want to bet on those games or anything else in the wide world of sports, you can go to betonline.ag. BetOnline is your one-stop shop for all things Grambling, all the sports you could imagine, reality TV, award shows, random prop bets about the news, anything you can really dream up, you'll find it at BetOnline. Just go to betonline.ag and set up an account. If you don't already have one, that part's free to do. And if you didn't have an account and you're making your first deposit, you can enter promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, and you can get a 50% welcome bonus. That means if you put in 500 bucks to start, you get 750 bucks to gramble with. That is at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Somewhere around, call it 2002, 2003, a little less than 20 years ago, there was a Pop Warner coach who realized that none of the kids on his Pop Warner team knew how to long snap. He'd have to teach somebody how to do it, but he didn't know how to long snap himself. So he goes to the backyard and he teaches himself how to long snap. Fast forward 20 years, and that has evolved into one of the premier long-snapping training coaching programs in the country. Many an NFL player has been through it. Many a future NFL player will go through it. That Pop Warner coach's name was Ben Bernard, and Ben Bernard had a son that would eventually play for the Vikings, Turner Bernard. And for almost two decades, Ben Bernard is uh, has been regarded as like this long snapping guru one of those players named nick sunberg who uh, is currently a free agent for the first time he was with washington for like 10 years He was a regular at Ben Bernard's camps, and he ended up actually being sort of a mentorship figure to Turner Bernard as well. Turner has been probably long snapping since before he can remember in the backyard playing around with his dad, Uh, but in sixth grade is when he, I guess, started in an organized fashion, and by eighth grade, he knew he wanted to snap in the NFL. He also participated in a uh, camp called Cole's Kicking Camp, which uh, is a special teams camp where he is just this like premier guy and Turner's always been good at it he was like this all-american high school long snapping god uh, he was the number one snapper in the country he could have gone anywhere he goes to SDSU which is uh, the same school that his dad's first pupil went in when way back when you know a couple of decades ago when his dad was trying to teach some popcorn or kid how to long snap the kid he taught how to long snap got a scholarship to SDSU so what uh, a nice little poetic circle there And the Bernards talk about long snapping in such a, like, granular way. And it's kind of rare, you know, when we talk about long snapping stories, if you listen to Andrew DePaola's or if you go to somebody else's, you know, if you go to the long snapping stories in the Storytime series in years past, it's always been somebody kind of showed up and they were like, long snapping wasn't really on my radar. It's just kind of something I did in high school because nobody else could do it. But then by, you know, my junior year of college, th- suddenly people were telling, you know, and it's it always kind of happens by accident. That was De Paola, He thought he was going to be a quarterback. So it's kind of rare that you see somebody like turner bernard who just is a million percent a long snapper somebody who just embraced the role from day one as a child son of the guru born and bred to be a long snapper and that's what turner bernard is you know they'll talk about it in it in this such like factual way like 0.75 seconds to the punter unless the punter has another preference then you add a 10th or you take away a 10th or uh you know it's got to be at this particular speed and here's your technique you probably want to be around six foot one six foot two two ten pounds and And it's like so much more uh, dialed in than long snappers tend to be, where they kind of were something else and they end up long snapping by accident. But for Turner Bernard specifically, that was always the main goal. And when he shows up to SDSU, he gets the job right away. And he long snaps for the first four games of his freshman season. But then again, kind of like Andrew DePaola, it's funny how these these stories tend to line up when it's specialists. Uh, He goes chasing down a punt and he tears his ACL. But because he had only played four years there, he was able to get a medical redshirt, which means he's not going to use up a year of eligibility. And he actually has four years left at San Diego State where he can long snap for the Aztecs. And he will do that. Um, The dude just grinds. He talks about how he snaps like 50, 60 times a day. He'll snap 200 times a day. If something doesn't feel right, um, that he'll, you know, really like hone and work on it and work on his consistency. It kind of reminds me, and this comes up with specialists a lot, it kind of reminds me of like a master golfer going to the range where they'll just hit and hit and hit and hit and hit and work out every tiny little kink in every little thing so that the ball can arrive in the holder or the punter's hands at the exact same time at the exact same velocity every single time and that's what's like so important about it there's this piece about bernard and the kicker and holder that he plays with uh brandon heikland and matt ariaza who are this kind of trio and they hang out and and they get all this like chemistry together they all hang out at uh brandon's house at heikland's house the holder and like make tacos and stuff and hang out and when they are like practicing together it's all about getting that timing down to such a rhythmic automatic muscle memory thing that every kick becomes routine and it is kind of strikingly just unique to have somebody be this much of a long stepper on purpose and perhaps how quiet his career was at san diego state is the best Uh, outcome you you could possibly hope for perhaps that is the the lack of information is in and of itself telling Um, but you know it's of course always hard to find info on the long snapper but now you have this kind of new kid that was such a uh, you know dedicated trained in a lab kind of long snapping kid versus andrew de paola whose story was so much more chaotic go listen to that episode if you missed it but if you remember he uh you know kind of came out of college he was a quarterback in college and then it was greg Schiano uh, and his staff that was like hey, who needs to long snap and he was like the third string quarterback so he decided to long snap and then he was good at it and then he didn't get drafted and he sat out for like two years and then he didn't make the team for two more years so it was like four years between college and it was this kind of rumbling, kind of pinballing between outcomes. He was bagging groceries and the, or I think it was working, literally working at Best Buy before he kind of then starts the journeyman career that every long snapper has. Um, and even that had like two ACL tears in it. And then Turner Bernard's story is like, The bad guy in Rocky IV, it's just like built for exactly this. You have this order versus chaos thing. You have this, you know, Andrew DePaulo's 10 year veteran versus, uh, you know, Turner Bernard, you know, 22 year old rookie. And that like this long snapper battle is so much more interesting than it ever has any right to be with long snapping. And unlike a lot of the position battles going on, it is kind of mano-a-mano. You know, you look at the wide receiver competition and it's kind of uh, a king of the hill situation with, you know, you've got BB and, and BC Johnson kind of up at the top and uh, of the backup wide receiver uh, totem pole. And you've got all these other people kind of trying to knock them off their throne. Whereas the long snapper battle, you know, you've got the kid, you've got the veteran, they're going to long snap against each other and who, whichever guy's snaps look the best gets the job and the other guy gets kicked to the curb. It'll definitely give us something to pay attention to on the otherwise mundane punting reps in, you know, preseason games. Uh, I want to talk to you next about one of the Vikings draft picks I haven't gotten around to yet. And I'm really excited to tell this story. It's a pretty good one. I was kind of trying to save it till the end. But first, let's talk about your car. It's getting hot out there and that means that some bad things can happen to your car uh, if your car gets too, if your tires get too hot they could uh, the, the tire pressure can get thrown off and if you end up damaging your tire or maybe if you just drive over a nail or something like that and you need a tire repair kit you can get that at rockauto.com as well as a number of essential safety supplies and car parts if you're a do-it-yourselfer, you're black thumb or if you're working with a mechanic and you don't want to pay their price for the parts you'd rather pay a little bit less at Rock. Rock Auto, you can go do that because Rock Auto is just an aggregator. They're not selling you cheaper versions of the parts. They're selling you the same parts from the same factory. You're just buying them more directly so that you can save money on all the overhead and packaging and stuff you don't care about. They have a crazy expansive catalog at their website. Just enter your make your year and your model and it will navigate there for you and you can get pretty much anything you could possibly imagine needing for your car at rockauto.com and at checkout, make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you. There's a little how you heard about us section and let them and, and put locked on in that box because if you don't the bunnies will yell fire in a crowded theater rock auto amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car Will ever need. I also want to talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. It is Built Bar. If you're up late, you're getting snacky, but you don't want to fall off the wagon, you can always count on Built Bar. Covered in 100% chocolate, it'll satisfy that craving. Maybe you're craving a little cookies and cream, maybe you're craving a little peanut butter brownie, a little uh, chocolate orange, chocolate raspberry, if you like the fruitier combinations. And don't forget all of the specialty flavors that come around every once in a while. You can check those out. Just check into the BuiltBar.com website every once in a while. You might see a promotion. Go to BuiltBar.com, and when you check out, enter promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and it'll get you 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. For the Surratt family, football was always in their blood. The Surratts grew up big-time Tar Heels fans. They grew up around uh, Denver, North Carolina, a little bit outside of Ch- uh, of Charlotte. And Chaz Surratt was a god quarterback alongside his brother, Sage, who played wide receiver. They also both played basketball pretty well as well. It's at East Lincoln High School in Denver, North Carolina. But the, uh, the East Lincoln football team... Chaz Surratt was 16 and 0 state championship one season between passing and rushing. He got 5,500 yards, just a totally dominant dude, four star recruit. Um, And he could have gone anywhere, but he was a Tar Heels fan. He's a good basketball player, too. Could have done that. And same with Sage. Um, They were this like total dynamic duo. And even their father was an assistant on the staff. So the family was like deeply embroiled in this absolutely elite blue blood program. Um, so the only thing stopping Chaz Surratt from going to the Tar Heels was this scandal they were going through at the time. They were in a little bit of trouble. They were going through, I think, the second iteration of an academic fraud scandal. Uh, it seemed like there were some classes that were maybe a little phony, a little community-style blow-off class that didn't come up to NCAA standards, so they were In a bunch of trouble, and it was difficult for Chassaret to go to the school. They were to commit to the school while they had so much bad press. Um, So instead, he decides to commit to Duke, the absolute hated rival of the Tar Heels, and this will fuel the rivalry a little bit because of uh, what happens next. And what happens next is somewhat debatable. So there are a few theories as to why this happens, but Chassaret changes his mind and he decides he's going to go to UNC. After all, maybe it was a conversation with the coach. If you ask him, he'll say, oh, you know, I just kind of thought about it. And I thought that it was the right place for me, blah, blah, blah. He'll kind of blow it off. Uh, Some people say that maybe it's because UNC gave a walk-on offer to his brother, Sage, to walk onto the basketball team. Some may posit that it had something to do with Mitch Trubisky surprisingly declaring for the draft a year early, even though he was only a one-year starter. Uh, And then, like, I think less than a month later, Chaz Surratt uh, decommits from Duke and goes decides he's going to go to UNC whatever the reason he picks the Tar Heels and he is a quarterback that's supposed to take a red shirt year and to bridge that gap Tar Heels get a guy uh, his name is Brandon uh, something Brandon Harris I think who was an, a grad transfer from LSU who was going to you know kind of bridge the gap and, and be a starter so 2017 red shirt year and in the first half of the first game the grad transfer guy throws two picks overthrows a surefire touchdown and is benched by halftime Chaz is in the game they would end up losing that game they would end up losing a lot of games in the 2017 season it was not a good season for the Tar Heels they end up like 3-9 and last in the ACC but look it was a young roster they had a true freshman started I think 7 of the games they had all this turmoil and that put head coach Joe Fedora on the hot seat not to mention all the scandal that was going on off the field so coming into 2018 this is supposed to be the year you really start to find your stride and you get your rhythm, right? You're a four star quarterback. You were the God of gods in, in North Carolina. This is the time where that starts to kind of show up, right? Right. But 2018 doesn't start the way that Chaz Surratt plans because he gets in a little trouble along with a whole bunch of other Tar Heels. There's another scandal at UNC. This time you got kids selling their team-issued shoes, which is a violation of NCAA rules. I actually don't think it is a violation anymore with the uh, change that they made about, like, uh, making money off your likeness and stuff. I'm not sure, but... It was against the rules then, and he gets a four-game suspension, and when he comes back finally for the, the the first game and he starts at quarterback, it is an absolute disaster. It's a game against Miami. It's a blowout loss. He throws three interceptions, and on the third interception, he's chasing down the guy who's running it back for a, a touchdown, and he goes for this like diving tackle, and he tears a ligament in his wrist out for the season. That was his 2018 season. That was him getting his stride, was sit out four games because you goofed up and then tear your uh, wrist up in the worst game you've ever played in your life. And that was that. And that would turn out to be the last pass Chaz Surratt ever threw, at least so far, uh, because he could really feel things slipping away. You were a four-star recruit. Things went terribly in 2017. They went worse in 2018. And he starts thinking about how to revive his NFL dream. And that's the goal for Chaz Surratt. His goal is to get to the NFL one way or another. Now, there's a lot of things you could do. There's also some competition, and he's worried about keeping his starting role. You could transfer to somewhere where maybe you can get a fresh start and uh, see if you can't get something else going. You could also switch positions. He didn't want to transfer. Too big of a Tar Heels fan, right? This is his childhood team. This is a dream team. He's not leaving. But he thinks about maybe switching positions. But a lot of quarterbacks do this. You know, the Terrell Pryor, do the Logan Thomas thing. Hell, Tebow's doing it now. But the way Chad Surratt thinks, there's this awesome piece uh, at NFL.com, I think it was, about his uh, kind of rise and his transition into linebacker. And he, they they talk a lot about chess. He's this big chess player. He's always plays chess. He and Sage play chess all the time. And he was like a competitive chess player growing up. And uh, the idea of kind of thinking about the field from your opponent's perspective, thinking about the board from your opponent's perspective and how a lot of times when you're processing a defense, you're thinking, okay, if I were the linebacker, I would go here. And so that's the information I use. So I'll throw there. And so he spends that whole 2018 season just watching football from the sideline. He's hurt. He can't do anything about it. So he's just watching and he starts to kind of see things from the defensive perspective. And he kind of realizes that, things kind of make sense from the defensive perspective. He had talked to his dad about this before in passing, and he, they always kind of said, yeah, if you put on a little weight, you can maybe be a linebacker. So that's what he does. He transitions to linebacker, um, and he kind of just makes the decision. He goes to their linebacker's coach, Tommy Thigpen, and he says, hey, I've got this idea. Tommy Thigpen's on board with it. Um, and it also kind of helps that with how poorly 2018 is going for all of the Tar Heels, and there's more scandal, and more so- Joe Fedora's big hot seat. And he, they're kind of thinking, well, maybe he gets fired, and maybe the new guy will be more amicable to it as well. And that's exactly what happens. Joe Fedora gets fired. Luckily for Surratt, Tommy Thigpen is retained throughout all this. And the new guy, Mac Brown, is also amicable to the idea. He goes into this like one-on-one meeting with Mac Brown and he says, "Look, my goal is to make it to the NFL. I think I'm going to be a better contributor at linebacker. I think that's my better that's going to be better for me than as a quarterback. Are you on board?" And Mac Brown kind of says, "Well, I need a quarterback, but I guess I'm not going to stop you." And he goes out and recruits a guy that turns out to be pretty good in Sam Howell, right? So that spring, uh, Surrat's still hurt. He's still kind of playing on one hand because his wrist is still hurt, so they can't really get a good look at him. And that fall, they don't do full uh, contact, so they still can't get a good look at him. But because of his anticipation and that uh, ability to kind of read the field, and he's pretty fast as well, he gets uh, the starting job. And in his first game, he lowers his shoulder to make uh, one of his first tackles, I think, on the running back, the running back spins him, totally embarrasses him, and gallops away for a 35-yard touchdown. And as he's running back to the sideline, and everybody's yelling at him, Coach Mac Brown kind of says, "Look, don't panic. You're going to be okay. It's all going to be all right. Keep your head about you." And that's exactly what Chad Surratt does later. He makes this great play where he backs off of, uh, he like bites a little on play action, and he backs off into coverage. He gets a pass breakup. He has, has like no right to, and they go, "Oh my god." That's an NFL caliber play. He's way quicker at this than we ever thought. And that's kind of the story of how his couple years at uh, at UNC at linebacker go. He misses some tackles. They are working on his pursuit angles and stuff. But he's very clearly uh, like the game is very slow for him and he can process everything that's going on and he's very fast. They say his breakout game comes in 2019 against the eventual champion Clemson. He gets a sack on on Trevor Lawrence and all that stuff. Um, but this whole package gets him drafted in the third round where now he gets a year in the NFL to kind of incubate, do the strength program to get to know the position a little bit better, get a little more physicality and learn the position from a couple of halfway decent linebackers in Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks. It'll be interesting to see what comes out on the other side of that. But for now, maybe for the first time in Chaz Surratt's career, no pressure. Talk to you all next week. We'll talk about whatever goes on over the weekend. Make sure you, f- you check out the Locked On Today podcast. You can find it wherever you find your favorite podcasts. It's a 20 minute, every morning uh, roundup of everything going on in the wide world of all sports. I'll see you all next week. And as always, skull.